Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have a Bucks win streak to cover. As it stands, the Bucks have a six-game winning streak going into a game today as of, record- as of recording, uh, just about an hour away. Actually, I'm really burning the candle at both ends here, but I'll be hopping out of this recording and straight into... Uh, Bucks versus Pacers uh, at Indiana. Um, no, no real surprises on the Bucks injury report for that game. It's still Dante Brook and uh, Semi Ojale. Honestly, need to give myself a refresher on uh, what Semi's case may be, um, but not quite as locked in uh, to that as. Uh, Dante or Brooke updates, considering that Semi was a little uh, underwhelming for the Bucks. Uh, nevertheless, we're always better with full health, anyways. Uh, also worth mentioning, the Bucks have won five straight games against the Pacers, and they've won ten of their twelve contests uh, versus Indiana, going back to the eighteen nineteen season so all signs point to uh the streak continuing on to seven games but uh we'll give the first knock on wood of the show uh to that because let's face it the bucks have had um have had a fairly light schedule um with this win streak so far i mean yeah light schedule to say the least they just wrapped up their uh, season-long homestand, uh, but that included uh, games against the Thunder, then two consecutive games against the Magic, and a game against the Pistons, um, and then I believe the f- actual the actual start to the homestand was um, Bucks versus Lakers, and that was. Of course, Giannis's season-high 47 points against uh, Anthony Davis, which resulted in a lot of a lot of uh, positive press for the Bucks and negative press for uh, the Lakers, especially uh, regarding that Giannis Anthony Davis matchup. Uh, and then the last game that I had to mentioned, our most recent one. As of recording, was the Bucks facing the Nuggets without uh, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, uh, and PJ Dozier? Unfortunately, uh, suffered a torn ACL earlier this week. Uh, as I was, as I was uh, watching their contest against the Blazers. So, uh, without further ado, I'll get into uh, the game. Action. I'm going to go in uh, normal chronological order here because um, 
perhaps the the most newsworthy uh, contest of of the week was the Bucks' demolition of the Orlando Magic in their second consecutive game against them at Pfizer Forum. Uh, this uh, this game at one point uh, had a fifty one point uh, Bucks advantage. And seven bucks had twelve or more points. Um, at halftime, the Bucks had their uh, largest point differential in any Bucks half in franchise history. And yeah, I mean there are several other points here. Uh, that will support why the Bucks won by uh, 31 here, and that uh, that's still uh, 20 points less than their largest lead. But the Bucks did end up taking it home, 123 uh, to 92. The Bucks starters were uh, Drew, Grayson, Chris, Giannis, and Bobby. Uh, that starting unit. Um, has a has a win streak of their own going on right now. They've yet to lose with those five starters. Uh, and let's see. The Magic, however, were starting uh, Jalen Suggs, uh, Mulder. Gosh, I'm the... Mulder's first name escapes me, but uh, it's maybe no surprise given that I'm a given that I'm a fan of the X Files. Uh, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter, and Mo Bamba. Uh, Bucks. <laughs> lar- largely, all of my notes in the first quarter just uh, just list off the uh, the Bucks run. It started off with a 10-0 run from the eight to the six minute mark. Just turned into a 13-3 run, and from uh, there, the Bucks scored 14 more points unanswered to cap off a eventual 27-3 run. Uh, no surprise, the Bucks had a 20-point uh, lead going into the second quarter, 36-16. Uh, Chris Middleton with 9 points, and uh, Arja Hampton with 7 points, a technically a former... Uh, a former Bucks draft pick, but he was a part of. He's technically a part of the Drew Holiday uh, trade, uh, and one way or an, one way or another, ended up on the Nuggets before getting traded finally to the Magic. Um, and into the second quarter, the Magic also had. About a four to five minute stretch without a field goal made. Uh, and at the three minute mark in the second quarter, uh, the Bucks broadcast showed that the Bucks had a 15 to zero second chance point advantage. At halftime, uh, the Bucks had actually doubled their lead from the uh, first quarter and were leading the Magic 77-36 to 36 at half. Uh, Pat had 14 points, 3 rebounds, and 2 assists. 
and Mo Bamba had eight points. For what it's worth, uh, Mo Bamba's actually had uh, his best year uh, to date, and you know that's made him uh, a more interesting prospect for other teams as well. Now that now that the Magic have kind of uh, prioritized Wendell Carter from that Nikola Vucevic trade. Um, it's, uh, I'd imagine it's pretty peculiar to plan to start both Bamba and Carter together once they uh, actually plan to, you know, once they actually try to start winning games. But uh, worth, worth it's worth mentioning that uh, they will have Jonathan Isaac back eventually. But I believe he, he suffered, I mean, obviously a very serious injury uh, back at the end of the season prior. So I can see, um, I can see why they're uh, taking it easy with uh, Isaac considering the state of the franchise. Um... And then yeah, again that the the uh, forty one points that the Bucks led by at half was that uh, largest point differential in half in franchise history. After three quarters, the Bucks led one oh five to fifty six, uh, almost at that uh, at that largest lead. There, Drew Holiday led it for the Bucks after three quarters with eighteen points. Six rebounds and four assists, and then Michael Mulder, if I remember correctly, um, now had uh, 13 points going into the fourth quarter. The Magic actually had a 10-0 run from the seven to the five-minute mark in the fourth to um, bring it back uh, to. Uh, I, I can't even say necessarily respectable, but um, making it look a little better. Uh, for the Magic, or Magic, for the Magic, at the uh, at the final buzzer, but still that uh, thirty-one point margin of victory for the Bucks. The Bucks had a um, had a ten percent advantage in the field goal percentage category, which I mean the Bucks shot forty-six point eight percent from the field in this game, which isn't. Uh, Really anything to write home about usually, but the Magic only shot 36.6%. The Magic actually won the uh, points in the paint battle (laughs) of 44 to 36, which I I did not expect. But again, seven bucks had 12 points or or more. So uh, Milwaukee was just, uh, just had an incredibly hot shooting night to say the least. Now, uh, breaking up some of this game action here, I just wanted to uh, mention something pretty cool that I took part in this past Tuesday. I actually went over to Broken Bat uh, to check out the uh, live recording of um, Seth Partnow, a former uh, Milwaukee Bucks analyst and now a and um, 
now a podcaster with The Athletic. He was joined by Dave Dufour, uh, both of which, which I actually met virtually before with uh, Sports Business Classroom. So it was really cool to to meet them in person, especially after I unfortunately missed out on uh, Las Vegas Summer League um, back in August due to my day job. You know how those things go, but cool to meet them in person. And then they were also joined by um, Eric Name, someone I bring up a lot here as he's the uh, really the the uh, most notable Bucks uh, media member also at The Athletic. So uh, it's really cool to hear more of their perspective, especially in person. I, I mean, I listen to their show on quite a regular basis, but um, as far as I'm aware, Eric, he, he used to be with Locked on Bucks, and he had a short uh, stint uh, with another podcast when he first joined The Athletic, but as far as I know, he doesn't currently have a podcast, so it was cool hearing more from Eric than I usually would, and uh, also, it was just kind of a different tune than than um, than a usual uh, athletic NBA show that I would usually hear from Seth and Dave because the the topic was Seth's book, and obviously Seth is very uh, analytically driven. But I haven't I haven't I haven't uh, read the book. I'll admit yet, but. Um, his book, The Midrange Theory, uh, which I recommend everyone check out. Uh, I'd imagine one goal of it is is to uh, try to break down. Um, this sounds like dramatic, maybe, but try to break down some barriers between the uh, the uh, analytics community and the. Uh, I don't know a, a better way to put it, but just like the Hooper community, uh, you might, you might be aware of the basketball player versus Hooper debate, but, um, yeah, just by the title of it, um, it supports that, um, some people might think that, that, Seth hates the mid range, but he also he does recognize that that it is uh that it is important to be able to have that it is important to have someone like Chris Middleton who can create his own shot at at any level of the court. So yeah, check it out. Figured I'd share that with uh, everyone because it was definitely a highlight of my week. Uh, in addition to uh, Thanksgiving and uh, seeing old friends, of course, but. Uh, this is much more relevant to the show. Anyways, um, I'll hop back into the basketball action as the Bucks defeated the Pistons despite uh, a bit of a Giannis malaise that we'll cover here. But uh, Bucks still uh, won by 21, 114 to 93. Um, this included the same uh, Bucks starters as, as before, and the starters for the Pistons were Kate Cunningham, Corey Joseph, Sadiq Bey, Jeremy Grant, and uh, and Luke Garza, who 
think he initially was on a two-way with the Pistons, but he maybe got converted still. Still a matchup that the Bucks um, were able to take advantage of there. Uh, the Pistons actually weren't able to score until the 840 mark in the first quarter, and the Bucks started off with a 14-2 lead after actually a Luke Garza uh, lay-in. And then later on in the first quarter, Giannis um, asked to come out earlier, and then when he came out, he kind of softened uh, sauntered out into the tunnel and then uh, and then back into the game. Perhaps perhaps there was a, a bit of overanalyzing there because, um, you know, make, making a thing out, out of a guy just uh, just going for just going for a little walk to get some air uh, might sound like a little much, but. But it was a big talking point from everybody else that uh, that I follow in uh, the Bucks media and such. And Giannis just didn't quite seem like him, himself either. He seemed a little a little lethargic. We didn't really see um, any huge mean mugs from him uh, in this game, but. Either way, I. <laughs> Um, this is, I guess, a good team to play if Giannis isn't quite uh, feeling like himself because you still uh, like to think the rest of the Bucks can um, can hold their own as the Bucks led by six, thirty-two to twenty-six after the first quarter. Uh, Hamadou Diallo was a guy that was. Um, that was bringing a lot to the table for the Pistons, keeping them in it in the first quarter, but he actually had some early foul trouble, and uh, his place was actually taken by uh, Trey Lyles, who was really filling it up for the Pistons as well, along with Frank Jackson, who has an immaculate uh, mustache. But By early in the third quarter, uh, I believe Diallo, Lyles, and Portis all had uh, two or three fouls. Uh, Later on in the second, we did also see Giannis get uh, seemingly a clean block on Saban Lee, but it was whistled, and um, it's a little unclear to me what happened immediately after that, because I think I was prepping some stuff around the house for when I had some friends come over. Um, but seemingly the Bucks uh, challenged this call. I remember Giannis calling for a challenge and um, thinking it was kind of silly because it was only the second quarter and the Bucks had a lead. Um, but the Bucks must have challenged it because... Lee didn't go on to shoot free throws. It actually was ruled a uh, jump ball that I believe the Bucks won. So, uh, really interesting timing for for a challenge, in my opinion. Um, but since the foul call on Giannis was eventually overturned, I didn't really uh, get to hear whether or not Giannis uh, would have been in foul trouble if that call had held. So. Um, 
probably not worth uh, nitpicking. Um, so we do know the final result of this game and worked out in the Bucks' favor naturally, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a little too conservative with challenge calls myself, but that's why they don't they don't uh, pay me the big bud bucks. Uh, Chris Middleton also splashed a half court shot uh, just after the half court buzz- buzzer, so unfortunately it didn't count. But the Bucks still had a sixty four to fifty two lead. Um, Drew did get a little rattled uh, early in the third quarter. Um, he he went down for a moment, um, took a seat on the floor, and then was holding his his uh, lower left leg as I heard um, all the commotion going on um, again as I had to step away from the TV uh, for a moment because I was hosting some people over over this holiday weekend. Um, I was fearing for the worst, but again, he was able to walk it off. So all's well that ends well. Uh, however, the Pistons did go on a 9-0 run midway through the third quarter, but um, the Bucks were able to feed the hot hand in Drew and Giannis, who combined for 22 of the Bucks' 24 points in the third quarter. They shot 7-10 in the third quarter, and yeah, everyone else only had two points. So, uh, kind of funny, I guess, but good on them for feeding the hot hand, I suppose. Going into the fourth, the Bucks had an 88 to 74 uh, lead. Giannis had gotten up to 29 points, six rebounds, and four assists. And Trey Lyles still led it for the Pistons with 14 points and five rebounds. Frank Jackson took a hard foul after Grayson had inadvertently tripped him, and uh, that was somehow only Grayson's uh, first foul. Uh, we all know Grayson does have. Um, kind of a bit of a an ugly reputation as far as uh tripping guys going back to his days at days at duke but uh, even the broadcast did did think that it was that it was an inadvertent trip and there wasn't any there wasn't any uh kerfuffle between the two guys so you like to think that was still the case and um, I haven't actually listened to it myself, but I did see that Grayson was on uh, JJ Reddick's podcast. And um, what I do like about their podcast is that they share uh, several clips from from each episode, so it's a lot more digestible. I know um, I don't always listen to the full hour long show, but I do catch a lot of the uh, of the clickbaity uh, five minute shorts from it. Um, it kind of gives you also, well, yeah, you're able to get like a good idea just by uh, seeing the titles of the handful of clips from each show to, um, yeah, see what it's about. And I saw that um, there was a clip about Grayson being uh, candid about his time with the Duke and uh, and some of his uh, negative reputation, so... Uh, not only for myself, but I recommend you also uh, check that out to learn a bit more about uh, Grayson, the newcomer here, who's done a tremendous job in Milwaukee. 
Um, and despite the Giannis malaise that I had spoken about um, earlier, we did uh, we did get to have a little bit more fun uh, in the fourth quarter with the Bucks uh, holding out holding on to their lead, and we able to hear some Bobby chants as he hit a three and then grabbed a and then had a grab and go off of a big defensive rebound uh, and then dribbled the, the length of length of the floor, which is. A little uncharacteristic for Bobby, but uh, but uh, but yeah, that's why we love Bobby because he's <laughs> he he gets uh, really worked up at times and uh, um, he always brings a um, I would say that he lights a fire uh, under uh, under the crowd and the team, but also I think he gets fired up too when he can hear the Bobby chants. So. Uh, especially with a lead like this, I don't mind. Uh, Bobby uh, perhaps uh, extending his skill set a little bit there. And uh, most importantly, he did tie a career-high uh, six threes made in this game, as I believe he still sits at around uh, 50% from three. Um I know he at least had has that percentage um, for the games that he started. I saw a stat that in the uh, it's roughly like seven to eight games that he started for the Bucks this year. He's he's averaging uh, twenty points and ten rebounds, and if not on the whole season in that short stretch, uh, he was averaging fifty uh, percent from three. So, um, yeah, quite a luxury to have a guy like that uh, filling in for Brook. Uh, I have no doubt that when Brooke comes back, he will, he will get his starting spot back. And I think that, that, that'll be well taken by, uh, by Bobby with the spark he brings, uh, on offense and his versatility there. Um, he's best suited in, in his, uh, six man role and uh that's okay cuz i i bet he understands too that that uh brook as the linchpin of our defense is really important for the bucks uh if they want to maintain their ceiling uh and a little bit more fun ensued at the end of this uh pistons game as the uh bucks had a wedgie so shout out to no dunks one of my favorite shows as well formerly uh, the starters and the basketball Jones, uh, yeah, just a just a really fun uh, group of guys. Um, oh, and so since this was the last game of the Bucks uh, season-long five-game homestand, uh, the broadcast was able to share that this was the third undefeated Bucks homestand of uh, five games or more in franchise history, which sounds uh, pretty crazy since the uh, franchise has been, been around since 1968. Uh, however, I'm now thinking that 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 stat might be more of a product of uh, the fact that uh, five games is uh, quite a long homestand since it's since it's our longest for this season. So, 
um, being undefeated for that for um, that long of a stretch is is uh, fewer uh, fewer and further between. But uh, yeah, it's also probably pretty pretty rare to be able to get um, you know that amount of games at home uh, at one time. Bucks still brought it home. Um, Twenty-one point victory, one fourteen to ninety-three. Giannis ended with thirty-three points, uh, seven rebounds, and five assists to Trey Lyles, a uh, team leading uh, nineteen points and seven rebounds. So, <laughs> um, hopefully, I'm not burying the lead, burying the lead here, but uh, yeah, so much for Giannis Malays, I guess, if he's a uh, if he's still filling up the box score uh, like he does there. All right. So then the last game I have to get uh, get to here is the Bucks taking care of a, a competitive yet beaten up uh, Nuggets squad that is... Uh, um, the Nuggets without Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, and unfortunately they lost uh, another uh, important body in PJ Dozier, um, who's a really fun guy to watch. But unfortunately, uh, he tore his ACL uh, against the Trailblazers early in the week when I was watching it. Uh, when I was watching it with some friends at a uh, Broken Bat, uh, but. Bucks had the same starters uh, here, the starters that are now seven and zero on the year in uh, Drew, Grayson, Chris, Giannis, and Bobby, and the Nuggets starters were Monty Morris, Will Barton, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, and Jamichael Green. Uh, Chris splashed home uh, a couple threes in the face of two Nuggets big men. Uh, first. First, Jamichael Green, and then Jeff Green, and uh, Giannis, or excuse me, Chris's first three of the game was actually the Bucks' first points of the game, and those first three points put Chris. Um, let's see, that put him at uh, ten thousand uh, Bucks points scored. I ooh, I don't know this for sure. I should have peeked at this, but I believe that that makes him. Uh, just the third guy in franchise history to do that. Um, I don't want to spend the time searching for that uh, now on a live show, but I definitely would encourage anybody to go check that out there because I have a bit of hes hesitation there. But uh, nonetheless, uh, 10,000 points and counting is uh, pretty impressive for uh, for anybody with one team and couldn't be happier for Chris, who's... Uh, been a stand-up guy for the association and also an NBA champion for us. So uh, nothing more that, uh, I mean, yeah, nothing more uh, that we could ask from him uh, there. Similar to Giannis, I know. I don't know how much I spoke about this on my uh, previous show since I had <laughs> so much to get to after being uh, away for a couple weeks, but uh, 
Uh, there was the GQ article recently with Giannis where he spoke about uh, how he was unsure. <laughs> he was unsure if he really would end up finishing his career with Milwaukee, but um, really, so few guys, uh, especially now, actually get to do that. And the guy's only like what twenty six. I think he'll be turning twenty seven very soon. Um, regardless, the guy can't predict the future, and uh, presumably he'll have, um, you know, God willing, and he'll have uh, ten more years left. So um, can't really hate on the guy for just being honest and saying he can't predict the future, and he doesn't know where he'll go, and um, he's already also accomplished so much for the franchise. So. Um, it's kind of funny at his age. It seems like he almost feels that he doesn't have, um, he doesn't have much more to accomplish, and you can't blame him because he's uh, already won two MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, um, Finals MVP. Uh, I kind of want to look up uh, how many how many most improved guys have won. Um, MVP. I honestly can't think of a single one off the top of my head. I know um, most improved isn't the most uh, lustrous award out there, but still, I guess that that's another um, fun fact. If it's true, um, if Giannis is the only guy to win MIP and an MVP, but. Geez, I guess I'm just full of stats out there that I'm uh, pointing at the listeners to look up for me instead of me doing it live here. But, um, excuse me, the point I'm basically getting at is that, um, like Chris, we can't really ask anything more of Giannis. So even if 10 years from now he does uh, leave the Bucks, or really if ever he leaves the Bucks uh, at any point, uh, there shouldn't be any hard feelings because he's probably already the Bucks goat. So either way, I'll get back into the into the game action here against the Nuggets. Um, I mentioned how Chris splashed a couple threes over over some Nuggets Giants, but Will Barton was also playing. Um, playing bigger than he is seemingly with some really tough finishes over Drew and Hill, who are also guards like him, but I thought in both uh, plays that he made in the first quarter, he um, converted over some almost perfectly timed uh, contests from uh, good defensive guards in uh, Drew and Hill. But after the first quarter, the Bucks led 27-16, to 16. Uh, Giannis with six points, two rebounds, three assists to Will Barton, six points and six rebounds. Uh, there again, a testament to Will Barton, uh, playing, uh, playing really big for a guard for the Nuggets. Excuse me. Uh, the Bucks did, uh, go into a zone, uh, early in the second quarter, which I thought was a pretty good move considering, uh, the guys that I had mentioned, um, the Nuggets were missing, like Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Those um, missing those two guys really hurts the. Um, yeah, it just hurts the Nuggets' chances of being able to penetrate the lane. So, 
Um, zone was a was a pretty good move there. Uh, it didn't go perfect for the Bucks as uh, guys like uh, Composo and uh, Jeff Green were were still able to get in the lane and um, convert on some tough finishes, but still the Bucks didn't make it easy on the Nuggets either. Uh, we did also uh, see Giannis sink his uh, one and only three-point attempt, and it was uh, wide open, didn't seem to be a nugget uh, in sight. So, uh, yeah, the league uh, might be getting closer to having to, defend, having to defend Giannis on those shots I had. Uh, another out-of-town friend, like I had mentioned, uh, come around during the week and he was just asking me a lot of really broad uh, Bucks questions and although I've missed more games than I'd like to admit to start this year uh, I would say one of the biggest takeaways of course is that Giannis's jump shots continued to uh, look a lot smoother compared to years past and that's persisted since we first saw it in the preseason um say another one of my biggest takeaways is of course uh uh Grayson Allen performing even better than expected at least in my mind and uh, perhaps another reason why I should be a little more uh, optimistic on these newcomers moving forward but uh but yeah <laughs> um anyways <laughs> Keep getting sidetracked here, but the uh, in the third quarter, I thought the Nuggets were grabbing several offensive uh, rebounds um, to keep it close. But we did see Giannis have two monstrous jams in the third quarter, including one uh, long lob from Chris Middleton. Um, I was looking back at the highlights in a certain view; it looked like Chris was uh, almost just. Uh, chucked one up from from near the three point line after a after a high pick and roll between him and Giannis and Giannis went uh, totally outstretched almost uh, almost looked like he was at like a like a thirty degree angle uh, fully outstretched to um, to grab the lob in stride and then uh, slam it home uh, and then Giannis did also uh, shake a Nuggets defender for a for with. Um, on a smooth Euro step to uh, to uh, to another huge dunk. Um, Eric Name did share um, some thoughts as well in the third quarter, and that was uh, pertaining to Drew Holiday, who uh, was uh, leading the the Bucks unit late in the third with both uh, Giannis and Chris on the bench as the Bucks were actually able to extend their lead later in the quarter, and I think that's a testament to uh, Drew maybe getting his sea legs under him after missing. Uh, he didn't miss many games, but I'd say he missed at least a few. Um, a bit ago, he's played a material amount of games. Uh, since he's returned, but um, I remember I had recently uh, been looking at some early season uh, Bucks players' averages, and Drew was only at uh, around 13 points per game, which is 
uh, well below what we would expect from him. Uh, I was able to quickly go on a basketball reference. Uh, through 14 games, he's averaging 14.2 now. Uh, that's points per game, and then 4.4 rebounds and 5.6 assists per game, which is below where he was at last year, uh, 17.7 points per game, uh, 4.5 rebounds and 6.1 assists per game, which is um, <laughs> uh, also lower than his averages with New Orleans. But um, he was obviously higher on the pecking order on a on a less successful Pelicans team. So, um, yeah, maybe not worth drawing comparisons back to then, but especially with the injuries that we've had so far, you'd think that uh, Drew's averages would be higher than they were last season when we were um, largely healthy throughout. But um, guys go through stretches, and it's still really early in the uh, basketball calendar. I was just looking at the standings too because um, with it still being November, December right around the corner, I was starting to wonder, um, you know, what point of the season can we really, um, <laughs> um, really write down our ba our basketball or NBA uh, hot takes down in pen because we don't really want to over overreact to a lot. Um, like. I wasn't sure how to feel about the Wizards at first, who um, held the number one seed uh, not too long ago, which was uh, really unexpected. And of course, the Chicago Bulls have uh, come out of the gates firing, and they seem to be the the latest uh, NBA darlings. But uh, still, that's quite new. Uh, in my mind, and I know I haven't been able to watch as much as I have before, but um, my point is that the NBA season is still quite young. We're at uh, 20 games, so I guess just approaching uh, a quarter of the way through, yet uh, the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference, the the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are just four games behind the number one seed. So that right there gave me a bit of pause, but maybe that also just speaks more so to the strength of the Eastern Conference now. Um, since after a quick ob uh, observation there, uh, we are just about at a quarter of the way. So Yeah, again, off on a tangent, but uh, hopefully uh, Drew can get back to um, where where we'd expect him to be uh, on the off on the offensive end. That's also the great part about Drew Holiday, um, such as in the playoffs. If he's not if he's not converting converting for us on on offense, he is at least still a an all an all defensive caliber guy. So, back into the game action after three quarters, the Bucks uh, led ninety to seventy-three. 
Um, after a Drew-led unit uh, extended the lead for the Bucks. Giannis had 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. And Will Barton had 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists going into the 4th. Um, Barton actually kind of dunked on Giannis after a give-and-go. Uh, I say kind of because Giannis, uh, for once, actually made a bit of a business decision there, maybe having to do with uh, the lead that the Bucks uh, already held or... Um, maybe he just had slower reaction time there. Maybe he was fatigued, but, uh, still he was close enough where we can give Barton the poster. Um, after all the bucks were still winning, uh, and Bobby was able to nail a couple jumpers, uh, from the three point line and the, el and the elbow in short order. Um, but yeah, the, Bucks were still able to hang on. Uh, 120-109 final. This was actually our uh, closest game, I suppose, for what we're covering on this episode, but still won by over 10 points. Giannis with 24 points, 13 rebounds, and 7 assists. At the end of the game, 10 of 13 shooting from the field. Hit his one three-point attempt, like I had mentioned, but only shot 3 of 9 from the line. Um, not the biggest surprise from Giannis, but we tend to ex expect a little bit more, um, since we've seen him shorten up his free throw routine and, uh, of course his, uh, jump shots looking a lot smoother, but, uh, it's all right. A guy, um, it's fair for a guy to, uh, be a little cold on on an off night, uh, Aaron Gordon led the way for the Nuggets uh, by the end with 18 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists, 2 seals, 6 of 10 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, and he hit all 5 of his free throw attempts. Uh, the Bucks had nearly a 20% advan advantage in uh, field goal percentage, uh, 63 to uh, 43 and a half. The Bucks also won... Uh, the rebounding battle, 44 to 31. They um, narrowly won the point in the paint battle uh, by eight points, 48 to 40. <laughs> um, I'd say the biggest highlight was Chris uh, cracking 10,000 points in this battle. Um, but. The biggest stat that jumps out to me was the Bucks actually having 19 turnovers, which um, just reading it now, I, you know, you want to think that it's a typo, but I do remember, uh, I do remember uh, seeing that. So I'm sure that also did play a huge part in this game being relatively close despite the injuries, but this is a this is a potent uh, Nuggets offense. Regardless, um, they did defeat the Blazers earlier in the week uh, without Jamal and Jokic in the game where Dozier went down. Uh, so even though the Trailblazers seem to um, 
you know, maybe be past their prime right now in their current iteration. They still had largely a healthy roster, uh, much healthier than the Nuggets. So, yeah. Not a team to mess around with and throw away the ball 19 uh, times against, but um, I guess good on the Bucks for uh, persevering regardless. Um, so yeah, as it stands, uh, recording right now, we're about 15 minutes away from the Pacers game, which will be starting at, uh, four central time. Um, I believe I went through those stats, uh, earlier yet, so... I think I'm going to wrap up this show a little earlier than I usually do. Uh, I'll admit if I sound a little rusty, it's because I'm uh, slightly under the weather from from uh, from uh, this holiday weekend. I not to make uh, light of it. I'm largely uh feeling better i just have a slight bit of a head cold i think it was from um from uh going out to the bars a uh, uh, couple nights ago and you know sometimes you get a couple drinks in you you i don't know basically i thought it would be uh it'd be safe to go out with just a sweatshirt but with December just rolling around town and being in a uh, being in Wisconsin, probably not a smart decision. So, so I think I just kind of left myself out in the coat out in the cold a little bit too long, and yeah, now I'm uh, you know, feel feeling a little sick, feeling a little gross, but uh, nothing crazy, no real uh, COVID symptoms, but not feeling a hundred percent. So I think I'm gonna. I'm going to wrap it up here and get ready for for the Bucks game so I'll be able to to share my best notes with you guys uh next week but if you have any thoughts on on uh today's show or um any other content that I've put out there you know you can reach me at nuck if you buck mba you is just the letter you everything else is uh spelt how it sounds on uh Twitter and Instagram and with that I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.